Okay, Rabbi Say, welcome to Purim. Tov Shenayin Ches, we're getting ready. Here we go. There's a Pusik in the Megillah, which the Gemara talks about. I would like to discuss it. It's a very challenging, very challenging issue here. The Pusik says, For he omen es hadasa, he Esther, bas dodo. He raised Hadassah, she is Esther, the daughter of his uncle, Kiema of Aim. He has no mother or father. And with the death of her father and mother, so the Gemara wants to know that the Pasuk is redundant. It says, So which one is it? She has no mother and father. And it says when her mother and father died, there's no reason to repeat it. No reason to repeat it. So Yumar here says an incredible thing. Okay, hold on here. So Yumar says like this. Lomali, what are you hearing both for? When Esther's mother became pregnant, Mesavia, her father died. The moment of conception, her father died. Mesavia. Yoldasa, when her mother gave birth to her, Mesa Ima. It's like Rabbechanan and like Abaye. That's the Gemara says in Kedushan. I don't remember. You have to show me a medrash about that. I don't know where that says about Rus. I don't know. I don't know a Gemara about that. But you'll find it. You'll find it. No. Now, um, Rashi says, "Bishoshinus Abra Ima." When her mother became pregnant, Mesavia. Nimsa says Rashi, "Shlohoyalov." She never had a father. Mishoshinira lahakresov. From the moment that he could have been called a father, she never had a father. Now, Derek Agav, I just want to tell you that it's unbelievable why a person has to know Kola Terakula. Do you know Kola Terakula yet? You're working on it? You got a plan? Mm-hmm. Okay, you only got a plan. Okay, fine. A surrogate mother, which means you take the egg from one woman and then you put the egg inside another woman. In secular law, it's considered a double poshit that the donor of the egg is considered the mother. In halacha, it's far from poshit. Matter of fact, many places can hold, if not the majority of places can hold, that the mother who carries the egg is the mother, not the donor of the egg. No DNA, of course, from that second mother. DNA, definitely will be DNA from the donor egg. Not from the carrier, right? That makes no difference. Makes no difference. And part of the raya is learned from this Gemara. Why? Rebbeisav Engel is Medayik from Rashi. That why is the father... Unbelievable thing. He says, for the father to be the father, all he has to do is make the woman pregnant. And that's all a man has to do to become a father. If at that moment he dies, so that's it, finished. A woman can only be a mother, they want to be Medayik, if she carries a child from nine months from the moment of conception. Sorry, Rabbi, can you read that Rashi again? Sure. Nimsa shalohoyala of 
Mishoshinira Lahakrois of. She was not, he. He was not Shalohoyallah. She did not have a father. Mishoshinira Lahakris of. From the moment he's able to be called a father. And when the mother gave birth, a mother's not called the mother until she carries a child for nine months and gives birth to the child. But if she's missing anything from the beginning to the end, she's not considered a mother. Meaning that the egg was not from her. And the second, the, so the, the carrier is not the mother, and the one who gave the egg is not the mother. Who's the mother? It's a great child. The great child. Okay. But I don't want to get into that right now. I want to get into the following. Why did this have to happen this way? What would have been if the father would have lived a little longer? What would have been if the father would have died when she was two years old? The mother would have died when she was two years old. What's, 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 what's this thing about that, that he had to die at the moment of conception and she had to die at the moment of birth? What is this? People knew who she was. No. Not the issue. Didn't have to die at the moment of conception. She was to die at the moment of birth. What's the pshat? I want to say a chiddush. I want to say the chiddush. I'll be a meisa. It's a very hard meisa. I'm going to say over right now. Very hard meisa. Because that Sal had a son, and the son, not too many Kagans. Chavoschaim's last name was Kagan, right? So make Kagan, right? So um, so he had a son who even he's quoted in the Bir Halacha. He was an, he was a, an unbelievable genius, a Talmud Chacham, a, a, a terrific in Midas. He died when he was twenty-four years old. So Chavetz Chaim said. The Chavetz Chaim missed the Leviah. He was away for Shabbos, and they buried him. He got back to town. When he got back to town, it was just they were just coming back from the Leviah. Hashem Nason, Hashem Lakoch, Yehi Shem Hashem Mevorach, which is the pasuk in Eov. Pasuk in Eov. I follow this. My my father-in-law said that at the Leviah of my sister-in-law. He went to the Oren and said that quietly. Then he said over a Misa. Chavetzheim said over a Misa. In Spain, at the time of the Inquisition, no, no shaykhs how there's, how there's still any Jews left in Klal Yisrael. The Inquisitors dragged two children of a devout Jewish woman who kept to her faith and killed them in front of her. Now the courageous woman lifted her eyes to heaven and with an unflinching heart she whispered in prayer. Ready for this? O master of the world. O master of the world. It is true that I always bore you love. I don't know if you ever heard this story. This is a famous story from Batra Chobetz Chaim. Yet as long as I had my two dear children my heart was divided in two. There was still a place there reserved for the love of my children. Now that they are no more, my whole heart is a dwelling place for my fervent love for you. It's not shy to understand this, Misa. Now I can truly obey the commandment to love Hashem. After Hashem, lekecha b'chol levavacha. Here is Misa. Very difficult, Misa. Chaim then passionately exclaimed, Master of the world, 
The love I bore my son until now, I henceforth give over to you. That's what Chofetz Chaim said. I'd like to explain with this Misa what's going on here. <clears throat> Esther, as I said Shabbos morning, had an unbelievable challenge. You know what her challenge was? Her challenge was to give up her husband. Give up her husband. We've been talking about it Shabbos afternoon for several weeks. Give up her husband. Because why? She went to Hashem's Baratzen. Hashem Avadati Avadati. Give up her husband. Big Shiloh, Tysus brings down whether or not they in fact even got divorced. Big Shiloh to get divorced because Mordechai was afraid because they get divorced, people may find out that they were married. You know what Hashem should find out. You need to aid them, Tysus says. It would have been to aid them. That means it would have been a chance for people to hear about it. Okay. So she's faced with a, a horrific decision. Do what? if she got divorced or not? Because the Pasha says they, they, they can't be together, husband and wife, you get divorced. So the Misa, the reason they didn't get divorced is because of the two Adam. He's afraid. Afraid. So now, the Misa, the Misa... At this moment, before Kasher Avadati Avadati, she didn't get divorced, she was still married. Avada, Avada. They were still married together. Now, now, one second, listen to this, please. Now, Esther is asked to make a decision to give up her marriage with Mordechai. By Mordechai. And she says yes. The result that their marriage is over, whether technically or not technically, it's irrelevant, the marriage is over. As the Shabbos morning, she watched tens of thousands of years and leave Bavel, go back up to her to Israel, or leave uh, Shushan and go back up to her to Israel. And her husband also went back up there to Israel, and she was alone in a palace with a goy. Fine. Now, I would like to say something. Rabbi Cohen, I have a question. Before you ask me a question, one second. One second. One second. One second. One second. No, because what you based the whole thing that she was married to Mordechai. Now, the Pasuk said something else here. So if she was married to Mordechai, how come, how come the Pasuk said, If she is married, Okay, good, good. That's the Okay, that's a good kasha. The Gemara has that kasha. It says Basulos over there and it says married people over there. It's a good kasha. The Gemara has that kasha. The Gemara has that kasha. I'm just telling you one second. The Gemara says she was married to Achashverish. She went through this on Shabbos afternoon. The whole Gemara over there, every night by Achashverish. I don't want to discuss that right now. I'm going according to the Gemara that says she was married. Your kasha is a good kasha. The Gemara is a kasha. You can you base the whole thing, or Hachamim base the whole thing, on the fact that she was married to Mordechai. That's right. They're basing on the Gemara. That's what the Gemara says. That's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says she was she was married to Mordechai. Now, she left her marriage with Mordechai, the tzaddik of the door. She was a tzaddikist. Everybody leaves, not everybody. Tens of thousands of didn't leave. Shushan, they go back to her show, they rebuild the second base of Migdash. She has a child from this guy. We have, we have no idea if she had any other children. We don't know anything else about her life. <coughs> and she's alone. What gives a person the ability to do that? What an unbelievable act of mysterious nefesh. Now, for Shtetzach, the Pasha, the answer is that she was a Tzadikas, and she was able to give up everything for the sake of Kali which is something I've spoken about for years. 
they all live happily ever after. Pashas does not apply to Mordechai and Esther. I'm saying if you want to use that phraseology, they didn't live together. And Lamaisa Mordechai went back up to see the building of the second base on Migdash. It doesn't say he ever came back down and saw Esther. Pashas, he never saw Esther. Pashas, he never let anybody know that he was married to Esther. I spoke about this in Shabbos morning. She, she enjoyed, I know that's not the word, but she was alone at conception. And therefore she was more or less moving that in the same direction. Uh, so I'd like to say, I'm wondering, because the first time I've thought of this, i never said this before to anybody, I'd like to share the following with you. Esther was born, with, uh, this is, uh, please listen to the words I'm going to use. Esther was born without the love and without the encouragement of a father, without the love and the encouragement of a mother. She was alone to the biggest extent of what alone can be. And then she finally got married to a great man to build the future. And before they had a chance to do that, she was taken away. Okay? For the sake of Claudia, Yisrael, etc. I'm wondering, if a person who began their life without a mother and father, literally not for a second, alone, Shiva alone, as we just said before, her father at the moment he became father died. Her mother at the moment she became mother died. That means the whole time she was being held by her mother, she didn't have a mother. Because the mother's not a mother yet until she gives birth. And when she gave birth, she died. Is it possible to say? I worked on this cash a long time ago and I wrote down something about it many, many years ago, but unfortunately it was one of my notebooks that was lost. So I'm wondering if the shot could be in such a deep way that Esther Hamalka was nurtured for the position, was nurtured for the position in a way in which she was completely detached from Mishpacha. And maybe, and maybe, she was trained to be able to come up, to rise to the occasion of giving up everything of her Mishpacha, which was only Mordechai, but that was everything to her. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky once told Ravudim in Zatzal in Camp Aguda when he was maspid, where he spoke about the fact that Ravudim's wife died. And he said that for Ravudim, the Avelis is very difficult because Ravudim never had a mother. His mother died while she was young, he never had a mother. So now when his wife died, it was Avelis for his mother and for his wife together. It was like a double Avelis. It's like Rav Gusman said when he sat Shiva for his wife that he's sitting Shiva for his children and never got a chance to sit Shiva for who could kill in the Holocaust. When, when the Blushev Rebbe came to Menachem Ovel, Rav Shezetzal, Rav Shezetzal's son, Meir Kotler, died so the Blue Rebbe walked in, he said, I was not there when it happened. I'm jealous of you. I'm jealous. He said, He had a son. You know where he's buried? And you can sit shiva for him. I had a son. I don't know where he's buried, and I never sat shiva for him. I'm just saying there's a, you know, there's a, huh? Who can understand what it means? Who knows 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 what it means? Powerful concept. That is a pasuk.
Now the Pasik says like this. Also, this is a challenging Pasik. We worked on this Pasik in, in, in previous years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let's go. So, right. That's right. Both at that time only because he had Sora before. That's right. So listen to what it says here now in the Pasuk. Esther. Esther, you got to go now. Because if you don't go now and you're quiet, Klaiyashil is going to be saved in a different way. And you and your father's home is going to be lost. So there's a big tumble. What does it mean, the at uveisavich? Well, what, what, you and your father's home. What does it mean? You and your father's home are going to be lost. Well, what, what, what's what's a pushup shot? The at uveisavich tovedu. Maybe she didn't have any sibling, and she's the only one. If she died, there's nothing left. End of the line. Yeah. End of the line. Excellent. I think that's the I think that's the pushup shot, Rabbi Yosef. The at uveisavich tovedu means at the end of the line, there's no more family left. No more family left. At uveisavich tovedu. So I'm wondering now, just adding a drop to what you're saying, Rabbi Yosef. Mordechai told like this, Esther, if you're going to be quiet now, now remember, this is Mordechai's goodbye speech to his wife. Because what's happening now is Mordechai's telling his wife to go to Achashverosh Baratzen. This is the end. And they weren't even seeing each other now when this ended. This was all done through a messenger. He was not talking to Esther directly. He's telling Esther, you have to go now. Even though for Mordechai's best interest, it would have been, wait a few days, let him call you. And said, you going into him. He'll call you, will be an onus again. You go into him, it's going to be Ratzel. He said, no, you got to go now. Everybody's working for Klai Yisrael. Right? What's going to happen to you? You and your family are going to be lost. I'm wondering now, based on everything we just said, is it possible to say that Mordechai was also telling Esther Malka, you're right, Rabbi Yosef. He was telling Esther Malka, you die now, there's nothing left to base show. It's over. Is it also possible to say that your mother and father, your mother and father, whatever the shot is, in Shemayim, whatever, your mother and father, they had a, 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 a literally a nanosecond of being a mother and a father. And they had you. And they brought down the Yonashama and they brought you to this world. This is what your life has been all about. So don't lose the don't let it become lost. Not only because of her older siblings, because of the tragedy, so to speak, of the way she was born. The tragedy of the way she was born. Esther was never part of a mishpacha. The way we understand the mishpacha. She never fell into a father's hands. She never fell into a mother's hands. Who fed her? Who took care of her? Mother never nursed her. Mother never saw her. Mother died. This Yisoyimam and Avum and Aim. Who therefore had the training to stand up to this incredible Nisoyin of uh, uh, 
yeah, yeah, I, I, who's here? Who's here to measure? The Mashiach Hatzal once said that the greatest act of Messias Nefesh in the history of Klal Yisrael is when Rachel Imenu gave the Simonim to Leah. You know why? Because she never knew she was going to be able to marry Yaakov. She thought two sisters, she's never going to be able to marry Yaakov. And she gave this to one to Leah, so Leah shouldn't be embarrassed. He said, the greatest act in history. He said, if I'm not mistaken, I'm from 99% sure, greater than the Akedah. Because the Akedah, if he would have killed Yitzchak, that would have been over. I mean, over. Yitzchak would have died, and he would have done the rest of Hashem. She would have had to live the rest of her life with Leah married to Yaakov. Huh? Oh, Tama didn't do it, Lamaisa. Tama wanted to do it. I mean, Tama didn't know that, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say it. You're right. Tama, you mean to say she was willing to let herself die. But even that, he said, was not as great. As having to live with the results of Inesoyen, to live with Leah married to Yaakov, and you're sitting there either married to Esau but not married, but was going to be with her. This Misa, to live in the castle or the palace with a goy, manuvo, mukishin, as we said on Shabbos morning, to give up the husband and live with a goy. I never asked the mashkiach if it's greater than the Soyan of Rachel and Leah or not greater than the Soyan of Rachel and Leah. I don't have a Gaga counter or whatever to measure. But I, such an Soyan. Such an Soyan. Such an Soyan. Not shy. I don't know. I'm not here to measure. I'm telling you one thing. For I'm only saying one thing. She didn't have anything to compare it to. So yeah, I know, but, but you know, she she had a conversation with, with Mordechai. And she said, "Let, let me let me let, let me wait for him to call me." Mordechai said, "No," and she was masking. And Mordechai and she—I don't mean to be melodramatic over here. They said goodbye to each other through a messenger, and that was it. That was it. What? What temporary situation? She couldn't go back to Mordechai after this. That's it. It's over. It's over. Maybe her parents died. I mean, it, it is from Hashem. On purpose, this way she will be able to... Have That's what I'm saying. So I'm, saying I'm just wondering. I don't know how to say this, but you know, a person was put into a matziv to be able to, 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 you know, to, to live through other matzav. Not shaykh. Not shaykh. So she walked away from Mordechai. Not Stam, she walked away from Mordechai. She walked away from Mordechai to, 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 to I, I can't say it, to, to, be, to be forever married to this guy, have a child from this guy, and then know that Ola Kayesho went back up there to Israel to rebuild the second base of English, including her husband, and she couldn't go. She couldn't leave the palace to go there to Israel. Pella. Mama Shapella. Pella. Pella. Pellatsu. 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 I don't know if what I'm saying is right. It's the first time I ever said it. I can remember this last night thinking about what the whatever. I'm just I'm just wondering if this is I would love to be able to ask by Revy. I want to tell you something. When I was um twenty years old, twenty one, I got sick, I was in the hospital. A stomach issue, I got sick, I was in the hospital. In those days, you know, I went to the hospital, they didn't throw you out after two hours, you know what I mean? I stayed in the hospital a week, like it was, I got to the Gadilla, everybody was calling me on the phone, visiting me, it was all big muscle. 
Rashiva told me, he told me different He said, you know what? It's very possible one day you'll be some type of chvestin. I don't know what word to use. Some type of manik in Klai Yisrael. That's what he told me. So he said to me, then you have to be able to help people. It's very difficult to understand the matziv that someone's in that you were never in unless you're a genius. Very hard to understand the matziv. You go to visit somebody in the hospital. He calls them in the phone hospital. If, you're, if you were never in the hospital, you know, I mean, as, as a chayla, it's very hard to understand it. Hard to understand it. Those people remember, Yudi does, those people remember, my father Shom was nifted suddenly two months after I became Rav. And it's that shiva, well, well sudden shiva, sudden whatever. He was, uh, he was, uh, we have him on a video, as a coin and a pidgin at Ben at 9, at 9.40, and he was nifted at 10.10. 10. Well, he went to his office, and said, whatever. So I was thinking then, and I even told the Roshiva, become a Rav. One of the things the Rav has to do is be Menachem Oval. Menachem Oval. How are you really Menachem Oval? Somebody? You don't know, Chas Fashom, let's say, to be Menachem Oval when you, when you were never, when you were never an Oval. You know, when you see a family, it's a brachen. You know, you know what it means to be Tzabrochen? You can be Menachem them. Otherwise, it's very hard to be Menachem somebody. Very hard to Menachem somebody. Very hard to Menachem somebody. Here's, here's the, it's like the reverse. She lived her life almost like the, you know, using this word, the destiny was she was going to live her life for Klal Yisrael. She was going to live her life for Klal Yisrael. And she was trained, literally, you can't say it any greater, from infancy on, to, to be alone. So the woman said in the Inquisition, you have to say, Okay, good. Then she shared her heart with Mordechai. Then she gave that up also. It's not shaykh. It's not shaykh. Such a woman, not shaykh. So I said in Shabbos morning, that's why the first word of David in Yom is Uvachain, to remind us of Esther. I said Shabbos morning that the first word in Yom Nerayim Davening is Uvachain Tain Pachtacha. The tour says it's Uvachain Ovayal Melech. This pasuk Uvachain Ovayal Melech. So Chazal wanted to give a hint because the only reason we're in Eretz Yisrael now building the second base of English, but the Achik is right in the city. It's because we have this lady who might still be living in that palace right now. I don't even know what happened. She's probably still alive at that time. And they said, "Okay, what are we going to do for her? Look what she did for us. What are we going to do for her? She sacrificed everything for us." The first word of Shmon Esrei, no, the Royim, even the Royim, was Uvechain. So the tour, that's the same word by Esther. When you start Esther, Esther Hamalka. That's why we made it to the second base of Migdash. Okay, Rabbi said it's the first year I'm giving this week on Purim. We'll talk right there. This is the only one. Thank you all for coming. I'm coming to see you all here. Cold.